Hello and welcome to another episode of Why Press Play. My name is Juan Filalobos Ramirez. I am a Spanish immortal who spent two months living in Spain trying to perfect my Spanish accent for this movie. <laughs> the movie we're talking about today is The Highlander. Or just Highlander, I guess. Just Highlander. Just Highlander. Yeah. Uh, no, this is not Sean Connery. Uh, Ed Salmon does a much better. <laughs> uh, this is White Press Play. My name is Gordo, and I'm here once again with my brother, uh, uh, beard wearer, uh, head shaver, uh, lover, fighter, musician, uh, novelist, writer, uh, singer, dancer. Uh, what else? No, what I, else do you do? I, I, I walk and I eat food and he, he, I, I do regular stuff. He's a he's a Phil Collins like he. he, he <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't I can't play the drums. Yeah, uh, Neil Rochford, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing, folks? Uh, welcome to the show and again, Neil. Uh, thanks for t- for joining us. This Glad one is back. another reach back into the Rochford vault, mm-hmm. Highlander. This is the movie that caused you, as a child, mm-hmm. as I fondly remember, to perpetually have a sword. Oh yeah, on or about your person for I think the best part of four years. This was this this was the big one. I mean, like He Man didn't do it. No, uh, you know, like the King Arthur movies didn't do it. Yeah. It was it was it was Fuck all it was Highlander, all about the Highlander. And from about three until seven, you were like, yeah, I'm a dude that carries a sword. <laughs> Seriously, like you wouldn't go anywhere wouldn't without the sword. It was there. The different types. Every time anyone wanted to buy you a present, they were like, here's a sword. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why it didn't you know evolve into that mall ninja shit yeah of you like, like having fucking walls covered in shurikens and stuff yeah I, was I think lucky there was maybe actually. like yeah well we were preferred like we'd spend money on drinking drugs instead of fucking yeah. swords you know we were like out we get, get messed up and then go look at swords and they're, <laughs> yeah. they're deadly it's a good thing I don't have one <laughs> look at the window of the sword shop <laughs> look at them um, but yeah Highlander was was part of our I think the fabric of our childhood mm-hmm. and uh, you know for, for all the times we watched I still can't do a convincing Christopher Lambert impression he's, he's a hard one to do it's so odd because I think the Belgian accent is that you know that little bit different like I mean, I can do a little French accent there's no yeah. problem but you can do French because uh, you know stereotypes mm-hmm. but like he has like this a weird bit, in between yeah a little bit something. of everywhere uh, born in Switzerland B- Belgian French mm-hmm. Flemish uh, lived in America mm-hmm. very very odd accent lots of different places <laughs> <laughs> where are you from you <laughs> sound what the fuck is wrong with your voice Christopher Lambert Christy Lambert yeah, um, yeah so we're, we're talking about The Highlander from 1986 directed by Russell Mulcahy mm-hmm. one of uh, a trilogy of movies then followed by a, a series of 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 TV shows starring Adrian Paul as Duncan McLeod, Connor McLeod's cousin, mm-hmm. because they couldn't afford Christy Lampert for, <laughs> for a uh, series. For the TV series. <laughs> he was off doing other stuff. And uh, like a, 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 a huge part of loads of people's childhoods, and it followed up yeah. by two steaming piles of shite and yes. sequels. Uh, and there's, you know, excuses were made all throughout history for this mm-hmm. and this is one of them like I, I've given out about sequels before I've given out about reboots before this is one reboot that I wouldn't mind seeing getting like all the old stuff except for the first movie everything just retconned disappeared mm-hmm. and go either with a prequel or a, a, a new sequel or not a remake because like the story as is is great yeah. but there's so many different options and as we go through the movie and talk about the characters mm-hmm. talk about the actors and uh, you know the 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 hugely rich and and varied and full lore 
behind this that was I think barely skimmed over in this first movie Mm -hmm. and then when they got the second movie chance the the, the sequels two and three Mm -hmm. they were just like oh it just fucking blew their load and and they said they said as well like because when they they shot the second one in Argentina and there were so many cuts and edits because you know the government collapsed or whatever (laughs) inflation went crazy Uh, the the government were defunct pretty much Mm -hmm. and then all the producers and all the, the workers and the teamsters uh, like there's nothing worse than South American teamsters. <laughs> Tell you, uh, <laughs> the, it's just it's just uh, it was so upsetting. Mm. And I talked about it as well on on another podcast called Reviewables, uh, mm. which Ed Salmon and Keen McGarrigle produced for the Headstuff Network. And it's a great uh, uh, it's a great show. But like to just review just random shit. Mm. But I went in going fuck sequels, man, especially Highlander Two. And yeah, I really I like I have a place in my heart for Highlander and. Mm-hmm kind of like um all the the women are men that you know you've had like awful sex with before you meet the love of your life Mm -hmm. you know they exist but you choose to like not think about them or just like like you know partially forget them you're (laughs) like oh yeah in a moment of weakness you might think about them and go oh fuck that happens shit (laughs) fuck's sake they're aliens from another planet or adventure time (laughs) <laughs> you know? uh, so uh, this is why press play we talk about movies we talk about TV shows we talk about computer games this episode is all about Highlander and we try and get uh, you know a sense of what the movie is about if you haven't seen it or if you have seen it to say hey go back and watch that don't forget that there's good movies out there don't get stuck watching all the fucking Transformers or all the Fast and the Furious franchise and go I hate films now mm-hmm. you know I want to go out outside in the sun you, you probably should do that too but uh, you know we're trying to find dig through the old bargain bin of uh, movies of old that you may have skipped over you may have missed or, or with the, the the barrage the deluge of digital media that's been f- smashed into our face from the likes of Netflix Hulu Amazon uh, like you could browse Netflix for a whole episode's worth of the Highlander TV show mm-hmm. looking for something to watch when you can just go to the Highlander TV show and fucking press and watch. Do you know? Yeah. How, how often have you gotten a row with your moth, with your bird, when you're sitting there and she's like, no, I don't want to watch that. No, I don't like that. No, I'm not in the mood for that. You're like, fucking... <laughs> Do you know, this is... Maybe you can listen to this with your partner and decide, like, if you if you are not able to convince her to watch the Highlander put this show like tire to a chair put mm-hmm. this show on put the headphones on her head and mm-hmm. go like listen to these boys convince you <laughs> that science fiction is just a way to tell a story using science fiction as the medium it's a story about love and you know <laughs> someone becoming a man and it's fucking character she's like I don't like science fiction fucking listen to it like this is the essence of the show um, I said in our intro for our teaser episode or like the kind of the the I want to provide a service with the show and the kind of thing that I'm thinking of is like that moment where you come home from a night on the beer and you have a bag of chips under your arm and maybe a burger or a kebab and you're a bit pissed and you come home and you turn on the telly for something to watch while you're having your uh, you know your fucking stomach cement <laughs> when you're asleep just to soak up all the glue you do hard glue to soak up all the drink so you don't fucking die in the morning mm-hmm. And you turn on the telly and there's like a film has just started on TV and they're not talking like pre-sky now, pre-cable, mm-hmm. where it's just terrestrial TV. You turn it on, there's a film and you're like, oh, this film, yeah, this film, you know. And you watch it and it possibly could be the greatest film you've ever seen. That's what I'm trying to capture with this podcast, to try and find those movies and mm-hmm. go watch this shit. Highlander is one of them. If you haven't watched it, if you're a, a you know a millennial 
mm-hmm. or if you're you know under the age of 20 and you're like oh that looks old and shit and like Queen is in it and it's like mm-hmm. shit special effects and it's like some weird Belgian guy fucking put it on man yeah change your life um if you want to get in contact with the show, hit us up on the website, whitepressplay.com. We're on all sorts of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. We have a Reddit, r slash whitepressplay. We have a Discord server. Discord is an app where you can chat and talk uh, in text or in voice with the fans of this show and fans of movies and TV and computer games. You all get on there and have the chats and uh, give each other suggestions and, and talk about stuff. And we got into Discord through Patreon. And they have a partnership now. So Patreon is a crowdfunding service where you can support the show by giving money and you get stuff back like uh, behind the scenes footage, early access to the different shows. You get outtakes, you get, you know, special little treatments, you know, like you you were a good boy and you got you got an A1 in your test. And this is like, you know, a, a monthly treat. Uh, we also stream on PlayStation and on, on Steam. So if you want to get in on that, you're, you have to be a pa- uh, Patreon subscriber and then we'll add your gamer tag and you can play along with us and uh, we stream all that stuff on Twitch so you can watch us on Twitch or you can go and watch them afterwards on YouTube and VidMe and uh, you know leave us a if you like the show you leave us a review on iTunes they seem to like it we would appreciate it and uh, it doesn't have to be you know long or a big paragraph but just go yeah these guys are not shit <laughs> <laughs> that's the standard that's the standard it's just not shit not shit dot 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 four stars <laughs> uh, it's no Camordi and, and Mayo or you know what I mean uh, we're trying to rekindle the love for these old movies and we come from a VHS house where our dad would use video plus to record movies off the telly in long play on 240 minute tapes mm-hmm. and then put tape over the little hole so that we could tape Do over shit once <laughs> um so yeah it's a it's a this is a classic man mm-hmm. it's a classic so highlander take us through highlander on on my press play we like to do a thing called 60 seconds no spoilers and we're going to go through the whole movie hopefully in 60 seconds <laughs> with neil rochford uh where he can describe from hopefully from memory mm-hmm. what happens in the movie and why it's so awesome you ready yeah, I'm ready. Okay, three, two, one, go. All right, we start off in Madison Square Gardens at the at a wrestling match. We zoom in on our protagonist, Connor McLeod, who's uh, already a bit strange. You can Ten see, seconds. by the way, he's the only quiet one in the whole screaming audience. Uh, this leads to a weird ass sword fight in the car in the the parking lot, where the guy cuts off the other. Where Connor, where our protagonist Conor McLeod cuts off the other guy's head and then this weird blue fucking lightning comes out of his body and blows everything up in the in the place except for Conor McLeod and then he has to run off and then we flash back to a couple of hundred years ago with the same guy coming out of a castle in what we assume to be Scotland by the way the guys are talking Uh, so it's obviously the same guy just a couple of hundred years old (laughs) <laughs> oh man this is really hard so uh, then he flips, flips back to the present day and he gets uh, arrested by the police for the murder of this Five guy seconds left and uh <laughs> Yeah, two. I'm not gonna make it. One. <laughs> it's fucking. You got like it five minutes like, into the film. Yeah, there. I, got, I, got, I got stuck on the. I got it's stuck on the man. intro. It's yeah. tough. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying. I'm trying to cultivate that. Like you've probably mm. heard a couple of them, and some of them haven't been like spot on. It's fucking hard to it do. Is. Uh, if I was doing that, I'd be like, you know, uh, this guy and he gets in a sword fight, gets his head cut off, and he turns into the mortal, and he does this thing. So the whole the whole premise of the movie mm-hmm. is that uh, this guy Conor McLeod, played by Christopher Lampert, Christy Lampert. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how you'd say it if he was Irish by the way if any Americans is that uh, Christopher Lambert um, he's an immortal 
Mm-hmm. He's been alive for 400 years, we find out very early on in the movie. And he is at a, a wrestling match and he feels, you know, what we now know after watching the movie to be what's called the quickening, mm-hmm. which is a, a thing that immortals get when they're near each other. Mm-hmm. It's like they're cycling together. Just <laughs> and uh, crampy. Yeah. Oh, I'm so crabby. There must be another one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just feeling just washed out. Just, oh my god, I'm just, so many immortals. So many immortals around here. Just, you know, just, oh my god, there should be just like only one. Yeah, there should be one. So I don't feel like this anymore. Just, can I get some ice cream or something just to get rid of this quickening? <laughs> so, so Christy Lambert is like, uh, you know, a swordsman. Mm-hmm. He, he's a he's a Scottish warrior. Who comes from the clan MacLeod, mm-hmm. who seems to not have a Scottish accent at all, no. even from the very outset. And he uh, fights this guy underground mm-hmm. in a car park and he chops his head off. And this is the first time we were like, what the fuck? And there's this old ass dude yeah. called called uh, Facile. Mm-hmm. So we so we don't know even like, we don't from know the, the fuck start is going if, on. If, just if, like, who the bad guy is. Yeah, like. it's just some cunt having a fucking sword fight in the basement of the Madison Square Gardens, right? Mm-hmm. And he chops his head off. And your man starts floating and all blue light and the shit comes out. Mm-hmm. All the cars blow up. Mm-hmm. And then Christopher Lambert, like, comes. He has yeah, an orgasm. basically. Yeah. like, oh, 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 no, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> That was nice. <laughs> Whatever way he talks. Uh, yeah, that was nice. Like, was it good for you, Facile? Or whatever, I can't do Christopher Lambert, so I... Facile. Yeah, Facile. <laughs> You've come... But this fucking old guy is doing, like, backflips and all in this <laughs> underground car park. You're like, what the fuck is going on? I, uh, apparently that's the stunt coordinator yeah I found out about that later this actually he's the guy in the though. movie who coordinates all the stunts he's mm-hmm. like look rather than paying for some lad to do a lot of backflips I can just do them do you want me to just do them <laughs> and it's like oh, as a body double he's like no 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 oh, I'm going to be the guy so. as well he's like dude your face looks fucked up it looks like someone like made your face out of plaster <laughs> and then let it out <laughs> yeah. in the sun for too long yeah like you're like made in Geppetto's workshop and then someone came along and touched you and you turned into a real boy <laughs> and then became a stunt coordinator like what the fuck happened so he's like yeah I'll just do it and he doesn't mm. have many lines no to have this epic fight and there's all like loads of sword play mm-hmm. and little Neil here is mm-hmm. going like <gasps> and has a weird little like kitty boner for all the fucking <laughs> sword fights like oh my god it's like an extension of my penis <laughs> I'm just banging it off someone else's penis wait a minute I'm too young to be thinking about there's this sparks stuff. coming out <laughs> yeah there's blue lightning D- did you know that in the movie the blue mm. lightning is coming out that's real yeah it's not like a special effect later on they had what they had the car batteries hooked up on little, yeah. on little packs to the swords and they used to burn their hands the whole time when They're they were fighting like, yeah because the wires would go through their hands that's, the, that's dedication you wouldn't see anyone doing that now never that's like a mad like a mad insurance uh, mm. uh, <laughs> yeah. fucking fall- like what, what's that called like a liability, liability. like what the fuck man <laughs> fighting is like I, what do you want me to do <laughs> fight with an electric sword <laughs> that was weird that's my Chris Lambert that's as good as that's gonna that's get it. It's close. It's no, it's not. It's really, it's really bad. You're leaning into Schwarzenegger. But Matt, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I could be the only one. <laughs> and he, he fucking fighting this guy. And every time they hit swords, like blue arc light, and you're like, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you're probably looking at going, this is amazing. Yeah. Pra- practical effects and all like so. I want a sword so the practical mm-hmm. effects have always been good so in the likes of Robocop mm-hmm. like the practical effects that were done there rather than special effects really give that or Jurassic Park as well really mm-hmm. give that longevity to the special effects so they don't look fucking janky and shit mm-hmm. and 
your green screeny because uh, that shit dates like yeah quick. it's like just looks like you laid another bit of film over the original film exactly <laughs> very very sketch and I'm sure in 15 or 20 years time the Transformers movies are going to look fucking hyenas yeah because it's just going to be like oh it's so super shiny. realistic mm-hmm. super like ultra shitty realistic mm-hmm. fucking 150 frames a second like eye rape like, <laughs> ah, ah, I have to fucking watch fucking Mark Wahlberg's face and I'm still fucking fucking ah. you go outside and you see regular people it's like you're, you're not yeah, real you've, you've, you've got f- like <laughs> you've only got like, three dimensions yeah. so that- just, I'm sorry I have to break up with you why <laughs> just not high enough resolution for me. <laughs> <laughs> breaking up with people over resolution so uh, like they're fighting in the fucking basement and mm-hmm. it's amazing you don't know what's going on chops mm-hmm. off his head mm-hmm. and he has a fucking weird electric orgasm mm-hmm. and then the transitions are fucking... I do, yeah, I do really like them. Again, practical, but... Exactly. Really well done. And Russell Mulcahy and, and the director of photography, Jerry Fisher, have made these, like, beautiful and practical transitions. So mm-hmm. the first time you see this mm-hmm. is when, you know, the, the, the battle in the basement is over and it, the camera starts to pan up to the roof of the, the car park. Mm-hmm. And as it goes through the roof, you're coming up through the ground and you come out through some grass into fucking medieval Scotland yeah and Conor McLeod and the clan McLeod are riding on horses and going across the bridge and they're all like heading out to battle we're going into battle each other the first time first time I went into battle I pissed my kilt <laughs> whatever you know yeah, yeah. and it's um, it's beautiful there's yeah. other ones as well where they go from uh, uh, a face like Conor Conor McLeod's that are killing somebody and his face is real solid and, and then the scene changes and mm-hmm. it's like a graffiti of the Mona Lisa on a, yeah. on a street wall in New York or whatever that's going from past to future to past mm-hmm. really nice transitions another one is uh, the 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 fish tank yes so he's in the apartment and he's having and a little reminisce a little for reminisce yeah. he's looking through a book he's like oh my my 400 years of being alive oh and <laughs> it goes through the fish tank and it goes up that pan up into a Good. scene where Sean Connery and he are, are on a boat on a lake mm-hmm. and he's teaching them that you know he can't die yeah it's just that nice little through the water fucking beautiful man like yeah, it's very yeah. subtle but like lovely and and uh, mm-hmm. cinematic you know so we find out then when Connor McLeod goes uh, into battle mm-hmm. that he is feeling the quickening mm-hmm. he's feeling a little strange you have uh, like, the f- you have the first appearance of curry. yeah of Clancy Brown's character yes the Kurgan we don't know who it is at this point yeah. we find out later but you see he's obviously the evil dude he's yeah. wearing like a gold armour where all these rest of these guys are wearing rags and kilts and he has yeah. like the helmet of a wolf or some sharp toothed like animal coming, skull, o- yeah. coming over his face and he's just like massive sword and he's like I black want. feathers yeah though. yeah he's like he's really obviously what does he say villain. when he's on the horse just before they go into battle he's like he's like uh, there's there's a boy called Connor among them you know and the boy is mine nobody touch him yeah yeah so you're already like okay so the, he's special Christopher Lannis I will win this is, battle yeah. for you mm-hmm. but Connor is mine mm-hmm. something like that yeah, yeah. Clancy man he's, he's fucking he's great fucking like, fantastic great this. character like, your, he, was he your favourite character He he's pretty close yeah 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 he's because it's weird, it's weird to say like he doesn't ham it up because the whole movie is a fucking side of glazed ham the entire <laughs> the entire movie it's very camp but it's super camp yeah. it's, it's as camp as a six year old boy carrying a sword everywhere <laughs> yeah, in bicycle shorts <laughs> yeah. in summer in Ireland with a plastic an orange plastic sword strapped to his back mm-hmm. and then if anyone gives him any shit it's like 
Motherfucker, I'm wearing bicycle shorts and you can see the outline of my tiny baby penis. But I'd cut your fucking face with this plastic sword if you annoy me. Like that was Neil as a child. No shit. <coughs> Took no shit from no man. We were dressed by our mother, so yeah, I mean you can't really We were like, we were lucky to come out of it. It's we, we as, as half compass as we are like. yeah it took 10 years of drinking each just <laughs> yeah. to get normal but we were grand uh, but you don't fuck with Neil and a sword man He'd, yeah. I, I, I never mm. knew why you didn't go into like training to be a ninja or working or a f- with fencing or something, or something. yeah fencing yeah. something sword mm-hmm. hey that's a something you can do in your midlife crisis there you go <laughs> uh, make a list mm-hmm. so yeah Clancy Brown brilliant character Fantastic. fucking scary man he comes up onto this and the lightning is co- mm-hmm. like, you know uh, uh, in the sky like you feel the quickening and mm-hmm. it's the first time Connor's like running through the through the battlefield going like McLeod mm-hmm. I'm a Mc- fight me they mm-hmm. won't fight me mm-hmm. and and his his cousin is going like uh, if they mm-hmm. won't fight you come over and stand next to me yeah. I'm a sexy <laughs> yeah. you know Scottish 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 clowns, man. Yeah, you know, I'm fucking... Uh, his wife is all like, bring him back in one piece now, you hear? And he's like, I know what piece you want. You're you fucking dirty bastard. So it's just... Um, you, you get to immediately see there's this conflict mm-hmm. and it's building towards a final battle mm-hmm. that's but, called The Gathering. Yeah. And like, but you already know, like, in the in between those two scenes, like, the beheading in the car park and then the, the lightning and the dr- dramatic intro of the Kurgan in, in the first flashback to Scotland yeah. you're already like okay it's it's grimy it's set in you know it's set in New York it's modern but there's it's a fantasy magic it's, it's, there's magic yeah involved. there's magic there's everything so yeah. you're already first like eight minutes you, you're pretty much on it you just have yeah. to fu- you just have to unravel what the crack is mm-hmm. and there is so much lore mm-hmm. in this shit like the Kurgan's character um apparently has like a massive backstory and stuff Gregory mm-hmm. Wilden the guy who who, who wrote the, the yeah the script uh, he said that the the original screenplay was much darker and like much grittier but they had to make it in a I think like PG-13 or whatever mm-hmm. there was no swearing or anything in this movie like it's just and there's minimal violence there's like yeah it's a couple, couple of beheadings a couple of like, beheadings but, but very it's very blood yeah very Sesame Street kind of <laughs> beheadings you know you're like <laughs> one of these things is not like the other <laughs> he, he raped his girlfriend in the castle and killed Sean Connery doodly do you know how bad there can be only one <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he said that uh, uh, like Conor McLeod was born much earlier in mm-hmm. the original screenplay and he lived with his mother and father and he left the village on his own and it was kind of this whole hero's journey kind of thing rather than what did happen, yeah. which was he got into the battle with the Kurgan, he was stabbed, he was dying mm-hmm. and he didn't die and then his villagers went, he's got the devil in him yeah. and they kicked him out and he had to go off on this kind of, still a, like a forced hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just like Star Wars or any of those young young boy discovers he has secret powers and it's, you know I, th- I think I think it works better that way is like is the complete loss of everything yes and then th- then, the, then, the, then the journey yeah. starts like yeah and I think because of the success of something like you know uh, uh, Aunt Peru being burned and the, the whole the, the water fireman mm-hmm. it's kind of you're cast out you've nothing to stay for mm-hmm. you, you're forced into that life whereas he could have like hit, been hidden for years and not told anyone and watched all these villagers get older around him and they're all like What's going on, Connor mm-hmm. McLeod, you young motherfucker? <laughs> like, it just seems, uh, for a movie, but for the story as well, mm-hmm. a, a better choice. Yeah. Do you know? Um, they they also said that the Kurgan has this uh, 
huge backstory where he would go to uh, Genghis Khan and fight with the Mongol hordes and fight with the Tatars and he he beheaded like he's the one who beheaded the most uh, immortals all through the all through, through the early years yeah like, he was born in like 400 BC there's a not, not like a novelized version of the of the right the, the book and there's a huge history with, with the Kurgan and how, like all the wars he fought and how he got to be the warrior that he is and yeah. I think there's a, like a lot more gravity in that and there's definitely room for like a prequel or a, yeah, a Kurgan like movie on its own like, yeah. and he would make a good anti-hero because if you look at the way Highlander is constructed we're we're sympathising already with Conor McLeod mm-hmm there can be only one like why should it be him yeah do you know uh, we're told by <clears throat> Juan Villalobos Ramirez uh, Sean Connery's uh, character that the Kurgan is evil and if he wins the prize which mm-hmm. is the thing that the immortals get when the gathering is over so in the immortal world you know you live your life if your neck head comes away from your neck it's over right mm-hmm. and uh, this is in the training montage that Connery puts <laughs> it through which is like one of the best Montages awesome. of ever, yeah. There's a thing at the end called the gathering, mm-hmm. where all the uh, immortals come together and they fight until there's only one left, and then that guy wins the prize. We don't know what the prize is. Mm-hmm. We're never told really. Mm-hmm. There's a scene at the end. We'll, we'll talk about that later on. But there's a scene at the end that's like, wow, lovely, mm-hmm. and you kind of get a glimpse of it, but it's not a hundred percent. And we're told the story from Conor McLeod's point of view, and yeah. that he's deserving of it. Like he still does did some shitty things. He still did some like, you know, he's not he's not great, but no. he was benevolent and he saved you know the the secretary that's in his office. So he lives in modern day New York and he's an antiques dealer and he has this blonde woman that's you know an English blonde secretary that lives with him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's a weird kind of romantic vibe going on, like they used to be lovers and then yeah, she, got she a bit was younger. Old and yeah. He was like, oh, you're getting a bit old. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he saved her from like wartime Germany or something mm-hmm. like that you know uh, one of my favourite scenes actually is that where he discovers her and goes I'm alone too yeah do you want to come with me and she's like okay and, and he gets shot by a Nazi yeah and he's still alive and she wakes him up and goes are you okay and he's like yes he's like are you dead he goes no, no. it's a kind of magic mm-hmm. and he gets up and the, the German is like schnitzel schnell <laughs> and he's like Whatever you say, Jack, you're a master race. And he shoots Blows him away. Like, that's brilliant. brilliant. Just a little tiny clip. Mm-hmm. And you could do that for, that could be a 40 minute bit. That could be a whole movie on its own, The yeah, Highlander just, in World War Two. Yeah, of him surviving it and then coming like, with Rachel and how Rachel grew up in oh, New York. Madness. And yeah. Madness. Like, so many. But it's just, it's, 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 uh, it's a quick and, then, <laughs> and precise way to do the character yeah, development they made and relationship. Yeah, but two instead, man. Like, why did they do that shit? <laughs> Why? They made Highlander 3 the quickening. Because, yeah, because they went to the focus group. What do you like most? The swords and the thing. Fucking annoying. <laughs> so, like, great great little backstory with that. Like, mm-hmm. And, like, the Kurgan, because we followed Conor McLeod's, like, advancement as a character, we're like, oh, we fucking love him. Mm-hmm. And he deserves to win. Yeah. In our eyes. Or as we're shown by Mulcahy, like, that he deserves to win. Why not the Kurgan? Mm-hmm. Why doesn't the Kurgan deserve to win? Yeah. Like, people do shitty things all the time. And just because you enjoy killing other immortals, mm-hmm. like why, why should you be like a reluctant, you know, immortal? Or you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to kill everybody. I'll just wait till, okay, I'll just wait till all the other immortals kill each other, and then I'll whoever's left, I, I whoever's le- left at the very end, I just kill that guy. Yeah, 
and you're like mm, this is like getting a buy into like you know a round robin in a tournament mm-hmm. and you just don't have to play any matches so you don't you know you don't have to go through that thing of like oh man I had to kill my friend or I had to kill you know because Conor McLean doesn't yeah, have I mean, any you, of those you don't, you don't have a I was just going to say you don't have a, a look back at at his other fights with Immortals like you don't know how many he could have fought with like and maybe Fasil the guy he kills in the first scene is could be the first pure one. sound yeah maybe he fucking started like I don't know the 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 children's hospital for Peter Pan Great Ormond Street or something like he's the fucking he, he used his immortality to, to get a mass a mass a huge fortune he built a children's hospital that cures mm-hmm. cancer and then fucking Conor McLeod chops his head off in a in a basement under Madison Square Gardens like where the fuck is the justice in that we don't know this shit we're not yeah. told this shit we just presume like in those as 80s it's movies presented. as mm-hmm. it's presented Conor McLeod is the hero I'd love to see a Kurgan movie mm-hmm. and I think it could turn the Highlander franchise on its head to go like Maybe yeah, the Kurgan was the fucking, dark ones. Yeah. Maybe he was, uh, do you know, mm-hmm. alleged. Maybe he did did the right thing, and or you could see how he was turned over to be evil because yeah. of whatever had happened to him. Like he, yeah. he was, he, his village was killed. Apparently, the first, the, the story goes when the way he died for the first time was that his dad smashed his head in with a rock, mm-hmm. and then obviously his head like grew back or something, mm-hmm. and uh, he then killed his father by making him swallow a hot stone. All right. And he burned to death. Very similar to the um, the Targaryen brothers' yes. death. In oh, when he Game pours the when he, molten gold over yeah. his face, yeah. Yeah. like that kind of a thing. You're like, oh yeah, probably mm-hmm. deserved it. Mm-hmm. Probably deserved that. And the Kurgan has a huge like value mm-hmm. and like mad like it, intricate and and mysterious past. And you're mm-hmm. like, what's driving this guy? Like, is he just pure evil? I don't believe that. Yeah. That he's just pure evil. There's something going on. Some shit has happened to him that you know dictates the, his behaviour and he's seen some shit like we all go like Alexander the Great man he yeah. was the fucking you know the, the, the greatest leader of a, like Napoleon man he was a bit of a cunt but like best military mind you know? mm-hmm. like Genghis Khan bit of a savage had 40,000 kids mm-hmm. but like can't doubt the man's ability to take over a country <laughs> and like you know Kurgan had a hand in all of that stuff according to the, the backstory right in what way you know how did he was he the one that was saying like oh yeah no listen Genghis um, do you know the way you're raping like 50,000 like your soldiers are raping 50 how about like you leave the raping only for like the top tier mm-hmm. dudes bring it down to like 500 or 1,000 because you're making too many babies and we have to feed them all and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and trying to go like ease back on the old yep. you know pillaging and raping <laughs> Genghis like we just want the country but we don't want it filled with babies we can't feed yet like chill mm-hmm. out and Gagas is like who are, who are going, who are going okay. to grow up later on yeah as, you know. resenting mm-hmm. resent, you're, you're raping all of these women and making babies that in 20 years will form an army that'll take you down so fucking mm-hmm. chill out that's the Kurgan's advice like whispering into you. like maybe that happened yeah. do you know love to see a Kurgan prequel for this um, so the character is really rich mm-hmm. very very you know uh, uh, mysterious and he just comes into the movie and he's like yeah I'm here yeah he just chews up the whole scene yeah like. and, and undeniable mm-hmm. and, and very like yeah this gun's evil drives the Kurgan mobile the big fucking mm-hmm. uh, she- like a big Chevy 
and uh, he pulls up like he's all in modern day times he's like a punk he's into like grimy shit he's into these like mm-hmm. uh, you know pr- like prostitute hotels or whatever and mm-hmm. it's all punk but it's all, but it's all and, like his, his his leather outfit it mirrors his old armour like one, yeah. one, one side is covered and the other bit isn't and there's like his glove is the, the same glove, so, yeah. Yeah. but it's like for battle so that he, his sword arm has more mobility yeah. and he's not like bound by like a leather jacket squeaking and stuff mm-hmm. he cut the shoulder off it so he can move more and it's very this cunt knows what he's at mm-hmm. you know really cool um, then it gets into the main story the thing that drives it which evidently because mm-hmm. it's a fucking Hades movie is a love interest and we get introduced to Brenda Wyatt mm-hmm. you get introduced through uh, the what seems to be like it's the most public uh beheading of another immortal yeah, yeah. because this is uh, pre-ISIS yeah there you go. <laughs> before they started taping it yeah. uh, because like alright so these guys have been knocking around for hundreds of years thousands thousands of years some of them uh, in McLeod's case it's for, well, like 450 or whatever it is yeah uh why hasn't there been like reports before it's like oh like a series of weird beheadings and stuff blowing up in fucking wherever they were living at the time yeah. like so this is the first time it's happening and as soon as McLeod pulls out of the parking lot he's arrested and start to get into the whole thing of the cops getting involved yeah, in this get like the, 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 an, the antique sword is found yeah. and it's like it's worth about a million bucks so like it's just lying around in the car park that's it and so people so are like alright this stuff is sword. this is this was yeah. Facile Sword the first guy that he kills and so this uh, interests Brenda Wyatt who was a forensics uh, investigator with the NYPD and but it, she's it also the investigators as well because they think he's because he's an antiques dealer yes exactly so it's all tied they got in. into an argument over the price mm-hmm. of the sword while he was trying to sell it mm-hmm. and Nash as like Connor McLeod who's now called Russell Nash mm-hmm. is getting pinned for this murder exactly and I think like it it really makes sense when you pull when you pull back from it like it's it's logical for yeah. them to be thinking that and logical for Brenda later on to be like so interested in pursuing Nash because it is so weird to have these swords or this material lying around the place and it's she's, not, it's not, she's it's a not, it's not an art. yeah exactly yeah. she's interested in sword making and ancient swords so it's not like an arbitrary thing it's like oh she saw him and yeah, she yeah. liked how he looked so she got in it's like she's she's, she's investigating exactly him. she's not a woman led by her fanny lips exactly into a story mm-hmm. she's led by her her her, her, her own personal her, interest she has her, her mind own, vulva exactly she has yes. her own goal in it she's not uh, 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 like a, a sidekick <laughs> yeah, yeah. pull along she's a Bechdel test uh, yeah a kind mm-hmm. of Subverter or whatever, yeah. She has she has a history before she was in the police, and mm-hmm. she wrote these books on metallurgy and sword mm-hmm. making and swords of ancient swords and stuff. And she's an expert mm-hmm. scientist first, and like I think that's underrated. You know, all the STEM subjects and stuff mm-hmm. they're trying to get young girls into now. It's like, yeah, I mean, there's there was characters like that. That yeah. she's a strong woman. Don't take mm-hmm. no shit. Mm-hmm. She's not in it to fuck him. No. Even though she does before the end of the movie, but that's because they're falling in love. Yeah, and it's, it's legit, not like it's legit, it's legitimate, like. right? Uh, and she asks him over to the house not to you know have the the old rompy pumpy but, but she wants to get info she's like mm-hmm. I'm interested in this sword mm-hmm. and she goes down and investigates the crime scene pulls a bit of metal out of the wall mm-hmm. from where Conor McLeod chopped off Fazil's head finds that it's from a Japanese sword that's not supposed to exist mm-hmm. and the quote I think is if I discovered this sword it'd be like finding an airplane a thousand, a thousand years. years before the Wright brothers ever flew mm-hmm. so the technology because the metal was folded 200 times and all mm-hmm. this that I didn't understand when we watched the first yeah, it was yeah. just like oh, 200 hmm. uh, it was a sword making uh, skill that was bestowed upon the Japanese or they, like, or they discovered uh, it or like they discovered it somehow, whatever middle like, ages like, yeah and it was from like two, like 
I think 1500 years ago mm-hmm. and Juan Lobos Ramirez that was his sword mm-hmm. and he was in love with uh, a Japanese princess and her father made the sword mm-hmm. in like 400 AD mm-hmm. and he had this sword for like 1500 years or a thousand years or whatever before he met Connor McLeod and he, he kept, like Connor McLeod kept that sword for 500 years mm-hmm. and then Brenda Wilde is like where'd you get this thing Here's one rare sword. I found the metal from another rare sword. Mm-hmm. Who's this fucking Russell, Russell, Russell Nash guy? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, there is a definite, like, it's not just arbitrary. No. And mm-hmm. the way she involves herself in the case, like, she's tenacious. Mm-hmm. She's strong-willed and, uh, like, a great character. Yeah. She eventually gives it up before the end of the film, but that's because she's like, I fucking love you, man. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and I'm going to go into battle and it may be my last, like, I could die. She's like, well, I love you. Mm-hmm. Do you know, so it's nice, like little circle closed or whatever. Um, so she starts to follow him. Mm-hmm. He starts to follow her, and there's kind of like a, a mutual suspicion. And then when the Kurgan and the, the Highlander yeah. meet for the first time, it's in the streets of New York, because these guys get this uh, unnatural urge to come together yeah. to fight for the for the, the in the gathering. The when like, okay. Connor McLeod has been cast from his village. He's making love to his new girlfriend, mm-hmm. you know, in the Highlands of Scotland. And a man on a horse jumps over a rock and announces himself as, I am a Spanish immortal. Uh, you know, I, I am a chief metallurgist to, to the, the king, king of Spain. Spain. <laughs> uh, and this guy apparently spent like two months learning a Spanish dialect in Spain to be able to do <laughs> yeah. this thing. And he still fucking sounds more Scottish than anybody else in a movie about Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a Spanish immortal. I'm, I'm two and a half thousand years old. I'm, I'm, a, I'm Egyptian and I've lived all over the world. And I've come here to train you, Conor McLeod, because I know you're a Highlander because I heard it in my quickening guts, yeah. right? And he trains him how to fight and does all that stuff and tells him the whole thing about being a Highlander. Mm-hmm. And the rules are, don't lose your head. If, you, if your head comes away from your neck, it's over. Uh, you know, there's the Kurgan. He's the strongest of all the immortals. Mm-hmm. And there's no history to where they came from. It's just, we are. Yeah, he just said like, yeah, but the line is, uh, why does the sun come up? Why like, is the, what, 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 why why are we the like sky this? blue? Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, the science. That was just pinholes in the curtain of night. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they, they just exist. They're just another species mm-hmm. of a type of human or whatever. And uh, he brings me through this whole kind of running down the beach thing, which I think is very funny because it's stipulations in, in Connery's contract. Like he doesn't run any, in yeah. any movie. So they have like a very dodgy uh, body double that's running. It's like, feel the stag beating. And then it's just running. And it's just like some guy with like a beard stuck to his face going, I'm Sean Connery. <laughs> you're like, no, you're not, dude. <laughs> you're running for him. Yeah. But Connery as Ramirez, did, he did mm-hmm. all the work in for a whole movie in seven days seven days in yeah. and out and even the the uh, the monologue at the start of the movie sounds real echoey and sounds all this stuff that's because he was sitting in the toilet <laughs> in a Spanish villa recording it and he sent it on and it couldn't take the echo out so he just left it in yeah because he was so in Spain learning how to do a Spanish accent that he came on and went okay Sean are you ready yes okay and and Spanish. action my name is Juan Phil Lobos Ramirez. <laughs> I'm a Spanish immortal. And like, there is a joke done about that. Like Ed Sam does a great stand-up bit about that whole thing. But like, <laughs> he was in Spain yeah. learning how to do Spanish. I never knew that till I started researching for the show. Why bother? 
No. Why bother? He's got a good holiday out of it. At all. He got two months in a villa in Spain going, oh, yes, uno, dos, tres, (laughs) cuatro, cinco, cinco, seis. (laughs) What the fuck, man? (laughs) So he he describes the whole thing. Uh, You know, spoiler alert, gets into a fight. The Kurgan chops his head off, takes all his power, the whole thing. And, uh, like... That night, that in that scene, I don't understand that scene at all. Where the fuck is Connor? Like he's not exactly out at the shops. Yeah, there's like, like why is he missing? But yeah, yeah, there's a scene where R- Ramirez and uh, Connor's wife Heather, who's who's uh, played by uh, B.D. Edney, and she's like a blonde, like lovely looking girl, and she's like, "Oh, Connor!" <laughs> he's falling on his arse in the montage. She's like, "Oh, you silly sausage!" Even though <laughs> sausage haven't been invented yet, but you know, and um, she she is just having a drink. Mm-hmm. and he's telling stories of like young ones he rode he's like and I came into the window on a, on a rope yeah, yeah. and I was like uh, where's the woman that I came here to you know yeah. fuck and it's like she's not here anymore well so oh, then I just fucked her instead <laughs> and her ha ha and she gave me any guff I'd give her a lick at the back of my hand Aye. you know he wasn't method acting method big time yeah drinking real wine and stuff <laughs> And then Kurgan breaks into the castle, fucking smashes the whole shit up to have a big fight, chops his head off, does the fucking electric jizz. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Connor is like, oh, fuck, Ramirez is gone now. Yeah, he comes back to his broken home and just the whole thing. His again. mentor is dead. And it's like, it's like the advancement of Connor McLeod is like tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. Mm-hmm. And then he's fallen in love and Ramirez warns him and says, because the, 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 the princess with the sword, right? So Ramirez has this whole thing of like, I've been through it. You have to leave her, brother. Mm-hmm. And and he's saying like, leave Heather. Yeah, break like, up with her. I've had me heart broken. I wouldn't want you to go through it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's it's shit crack. And he's like, Kumiko, a Japanese princess. Her father made this short for me. Mm-hmm. And he tells the whole story, this whole thing. So those flashbacks are like really well woven into the story and the mm-hmm. development of the character. And it's not like, here's a bit of exposition. Here's a thing in the future that qualifies that exposition. Yeah. Here's another bit of fucking history. And here's a, a, like, here's what his character is like now after 450 years with that on his mind. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not that. I mean, like going back and forth is so easy to lose a flow. Like, yeah, man. Uh, big time. But it, it's, 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 Chronologically, it's great. Yeah, like, the, but it, the story, it's not, the story it's not forced. Though yeah. I mean, it's not like here's 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 a thing that happened in the past, mm-hmm. and here's actions in the future that are dictated directly by that bit that you just saw. Like mm-hmm. none of that matters. It's mm-hmm. just like here's extra stuff about him. Yeah, the rest of the story exactly. Basically. And uh, so Ramirez is dead. He has his sword, mm-hmm. and he lives with Heather till the end of her life. Mm-hmm. And it just shows that, like, fortitude of character. That he's like, no, I love her. Yeah. I'm going to stay with her. And she's like, oh, you're so young still, and I'm old. Don't look at me. Mm-hmm. I'm dying. And he's like, yeah, no, I can see. Mm-hmm. But it's just like um, the heartbreak. And, yeah. and you got to live that heartbreak and watch that heartbreak with him because... And then you have, you know, the, the soundtrack then. You have Queen yeah. coming out with the perfect tunes for Brilliant. his scene. Like, Who wants to live forever? Yeah. This real pulls at you. Queen I think music that's, that's, in the fucking <laughs> <laughs> it is it's, 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 it makes it like the, from that from that first opening yeah. bit like Sean Connery does a little intro and then just breaks into Princess of the Universe yeah. like here we are and it's 
you, the hairs just come up yeah. on your on your arm already like you're just ready to go for it I have no rival <laughs> I have inside me blood of kings and you're like fucking yeah. I mean it's a fantastic soundtrack yeah. uh, that they didn't release as a soundtrack no, because of the difference in dates for like European versus American release for the yeah, movie yeah they didn't want to spoil it yeah so they just had a kind of magic instead <laughs> yeah they released it in 1988 mm-hmm on a kind of magic and it's like uh, all the all the songs are there mm-hmm. you know Prince of the Universe The Ones Live Forever mm-hmm. um, some of the, 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 the slower ones and there's a kind of magic as well mm-hmm. that's playing from the Nazi bit uh, Don't Lose Your Head and Queen were actually hired to only make one song for this film and then they went to watch it uh, watch the the screening of it and Brian May was in the back of the taxi on the way going who wants to live forever oh, oh, oh <laughs> when love must die oh Jesus I fucking oh, I was raging when she turned around oh okay <laughs> who wants to live oh, Freddie can do that okay cool cool yeah we do it and he fucking they were all writing songs yeah uh, they wrote Hammer to Fall mm-hmm. like specifically for that for that end bit that that's uh, I, I, I don't want to spoil it but yeah. it's like there's there, you know a huge uh, uh, emotional build yeah, build up and mm-hmm. and like, I mean, they like they even, even went songs and, for yeah like, even went in song like uh, Freddie Mercury didn't want to record New York New York you know and he's he's, yeah, he's yeah, coming yeah. in he's coming in near the end of the movie and then he was just like oh no well if if it works it works for the scene and we'll do it this yeah. version like and they made and their own version down. of that as well mm-hmm. that was when um, Brenda was being driven by the Kurgan around in the car mm-hmm. like he he abducted her to to lure Connor into a battle or whatever mm-hmm. so yeah so she, with Sean Connery on on the set like he was there for seven days mm-hmm. uh, his character is kind of just like. It's the first hour the film is, is uh, you know, the, the build-up, the, the making of the Highlander and, and Connor McLeod being trained by, by Ramirez. Mm-hmm. And that whole thing was all done in seven days. Yeah. Like, that's pretty special. Uh, he, Connery also had a, a clause that no one was to fucking mention James Bond. If anyone did, <laughs> yeah. they were fired. Yeah. He would also waste loads of time. They could have got it done in four days, but he wasted loads of time calling all the producers and the directors and all together, telling them all what they're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like, I've been on many movie sets and you guys are doing this. Like, uh, uh, the director said, like, in years later, he's like, he's a fucking annoying. I started to work with Coming like, in, fuck six, seven days. Like, it's like, do you know that that guy can't really speak English? <laughs> um, so yeah. apparently, yeah, he was a, he was a, Monster, a to, monster work to work with. Yeah, well, that, that's that's the usual crack with him, I think. Mm-hmm. And he he agreed to do the second one because him and Christopher Lambert were having such crack, and they even yeah. called each other like uh, Christopher Lambert names. was like oh, Ramirez, like that was the like, even outside of work. Yeah, and uh, Lambert w- insisted that Sean Connery be on the the next one on Highlander two, and Sean Connery signed off on it Without before him. reading the script. And then he's like, what? We're fucking aliens from another planet. Yeah. No. You signed it, Sean. Fuck shake. Okay. Yeah, no. I'll be in it for four minutes. Yeah. And I'm doing Shakespeare. You're like, fuck. <laughs> he wrote Shakespeare into the class. Yeah, like, call my name and I will appear like a magic genie. Mm. Not like a two and a half thousand year immortal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, the, 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 the best supporting character definitely is Kurgan. Yes. And Big Clancy time. Brown uh, wanted that to be less punk and more serious, more like the, the written version yeah. where uh, the Kurgan isn't like a savage, but he's mm. just like a real evil. More, more of a Hannibal type of evil. A more like, Moriarty kind of yeah. a bad guy mm-hmm. uh, rather than like a, a brutal savage. Mm-hmm. And then, you, you you know, you you have kind of shades of Littlefinger, you know, from Game of Thrones mm-hmm. where he's like that kind of whisper- Machiavellian. Exactly. Like, yeah. Whispering in Gagas Khan's ear going, mm-hmm. I know some shit, you know. 
Um, yeah, it's an angle you could take. Like, well. Absolutely. And Clancy Brown was like, hey, would you not dress this guy? Instead of dressing him up like a punk, would you not dress him in a suit with a bowler hat and have him be like, hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he fights and stuff. And uh, Mulcahy, the director, said, no, let's just, just balls take it with. with. It's the fucking 80s. A- yeah, 80s put everything in front so there's no ambiguity. Exactly. But like even just the touch of, because there's a point in the past in the in the flashback scenes where where Ramirez cuts the Kurgan's throat yeah and his voice changes twice. afterwards and yeah. it's that way through the whole movie it's like that that real like raspy gravity yeah yeah and it changes after so like it's just a why oh why does he explain like oh he's hamming it up he's really being really evil just doing an evil voice it's like no he had, his, he had his throat yeah. cut open so but you can see that scar from the very start you're like mm. well how does he get that where does he and then in that break the castle down and rape your wife and mm. cut Ramirez's head off scene he does get a, a slice like mm-hmm. and they in one of my favorite parts in the film they they allude to this you know and one of the rules connery or like ramirez gives mcleod is like uh you know we don't fight on holy ground none of us will violate that law mm-hmm. so they meet in a church and connor mcleod is sitting in the church and and they're the only two left there mm-hmm. can be only one and Kurgan comes up behind him he's like highlander he's like ah Kurgan, i see you've got a haircut he's like i'm in disguise because he had chopped off Castigar's head and mm. uh, he had stabbed some uh, veteran, this like Vietnam vet. So there's like a description of him out on the wire. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's like, this guy has to come. So uh, uh, McLeod goes like, nice voice. I see uh, um, Ramirez's, Ramirez's blade, Ramirez's didn't, blade cut didn't cut deep, deep enough. enough. Yeah. And he's like, I ripped his woman before his body was even cold. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a flicker in McLeod's eyes where you see, he's like, ah, it wasn't his woman it was your woman <laughs> and that whole scene where he's like going to the to the nuns not ladies blah blah, 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 yeah. blah and then he goes better to burn out than to fade away uh, and he does all these like punching karate moves and stuff and he leaves the church like a bit of a cunt yeah and you hate him mm-hmm. but I'd love to see love to hate how he got there I'd love to hate him brilliant mm-hmm. brilliant and um, that whole thing then when you find out that little bit of history that happened way, way, way ages ago mm. and for, four, for like 400 years and then finally, like he was in the church lighting a candle on Heather's birthday because mm. Eleanor dying in bed. She goes, light a candle on my birthday and think of me. Mm-hmm. And he was in doing that and then Kurgan comes in and goes, oh, I raped her. Oh, and she he, never told and you. There's, and there's the bit of him like, is, you see, because he's putting out all the candles. Yeah, yeah. Like, pop, 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 pop. yeah, yeah. He, he goes, oh, she never told you. <gasps> she must have liked it. And mm. secretly she yearned for it. Mm-hmm. And that's like ruined Conor McLeod's whole history. Yeah. Ruined his whole life. Yeah. You're like, fuck, man, that is, that's grim. Mm. Uh, but a great motivation to chop his head off into a final fight, right? Big time, sure. He knew, that's what I mean. Like, the bad guy has to remind him of the rules as he yeah. rub, jumps up and grabs his throat. Like That's so. the thing. That's the thing. Um, so, have you got any other favourite bits? Oh, so many. So many. Uh, Last year, a few. There's bits, the, there's bits that like the people's <clears throat> appetite. There's bits like, there's a bit that could be cut entirely from the movie and wouldn't change anything, but it's just like a fun kind of a... Oh well, like what would the practicalities of being an immortal guy, and say you're you get drunk and you piss somebody off, yeah, and it's 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 seventeen fucking whatever, and people are dueling over in seventeen eighty three, I think it was, yeah, very it's, good, it's year. a very good year, which is also referenced earlier on in the in the movie yeah. and everything. It's just it's all these little callbacks, it's yeah. deadly, and he uh, he insults some aristocrat's wife, and he's 
Call it <laughs> call, call, yeah. the laugh, Christopher, Christopher Lambert laugh, and he's I'm and he's sorry, called out called for a duel for war talk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like little little things like that. He, um, he called, he's called out for a duel on Boston Common. That's it, yes, or Boston Green or something Boston like that. Boston Commons, I think. Yeah. And your man like pokes him with a sword like forty times, yeah. and he keeps getting. I think you missed him, sir. Yeah, but like Lambert, like uh, McLeod, he's smashed drunk as well. Yeah. Like so, he's still like falling all over the place trying to fight him. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good scene. It's and like, it could be totally it could be left completely out. cut. There's no, there's no need for it. And another another character that's really good that you don't find out fuck all about mm-hmm. that instigates that conversation mm-hmm. is a guy called Castigear who's played by Hugh Quarshy, mm. and he looks like maybe uh, like a, a a North like an, an African prince maybe. Yeah, he's, he's wearing some kind of traditional dress and yeah, it, so. it's like robes and yellow and white robes. So mm-hmm. you're like, is he? Is it just like what, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And you get a little bit of, you know, oh, when, was la- when was the last time we drank together? It's been a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, what, what, what was that? Oh, I remember the last time we drank together was 1783. And you get that call back to when he brought Brenda a bottle of uh, brandy from 1783 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we don't get to find out yeah. And But like, it's even the thing is like, okay, so he's come across other immortals in his time yeah. and been mates. Has he ever fought any of them cunts? Yes, what I mean. Like, is he just like, oh, I'm going to be friends with you, but the Kurgan's going to kill you and then I'm going to kill him to win. Mm-hmm. Do you know? So mm-hmm. there's like, obviously like in, you know, X-Men or whatever, there's a whole set of bad immortals and a whole set of good ones mm. and who decides and where are the rest of them and, and th- those kind of stories are explored like in Highlander 2 and 3 where there's, you know, different dudes Mm-hmm. Uh, on, on different sides of history and different sides of you know good and evil on the spectrum but there always has to be a bad guy and a good guy and why does Conor McLeod always win yeah. so I'd love to find out Castigar's story where did he come from like that's a whole other m- exploration yeah and if it was if Highlander was now and it was as popular instead of 1986 it was released now and it was as popular now as it was then mm-hmm. there would be all, all these things like mm-hmm. with Star Wars with Rogue One and the Han Solo movie and all these other prequels and sequels and side side quests and all this kind of shit like mm-hmm. Highlander has so much lore and so much stuff in it that's just mwah, sword fights immortals fucking blue lightning yeah. boobies like comedy mm-hmm. do you know Christopher Lambert yeah <laughs> do you know like like brilliant you know I'd love to find out what happened with Casting Gear yeah um Another good one is the the Vietnam vet who yeah. goes down the alleyway when Casting Gear and, and Kurgan are fighting and he riddles him full of bullets and uh, uh, Kurgan fucking stabs him in the stomach and holds him up in the air on the sword and he just <laughs> <laughs> flicks him off like you'd have like fucking pigs in a blanket on the end of a cocktail stick <laughs> just like <laughs> and it, it like really good scenes but even know. like the way that they did the scene like afterwards so the veteran he's in the hospital and he's yeah. given his report to the cops yeah. and so you hear the the normal part first yeah and then and he goes okay and guys there was one more thing and he calls him back and the camera goes to outside like you see you see him through the glass and he's really animated and it's just like the background noise of the hospital and there's like a, a musical thing like ramping up it's like so you know he's telling a crazy story yeah. you know what the story is but you don't hear the dialogue because you because as an you, audience I you guess, already know what happened that's the directorial mm-hmm. decision like you already seen it happening mm-hmm. and you don't know what he's telling the cops but mm-hmm. as the cops walk out of the they're like fucking the room, it just goes mm-hmm. mental yeah 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 it's Brilliant! Really well done, like. And I love the way they pulled out uh, uh, Russell and Alex pulled out McLeod's picture and go, mm-hmm. "Was him right?" It's like, "No, no, it was a different guy." He's scarring his neck. Mm-hmm. Are you sure it wasn't him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the guards and the cops are like, "Fuck!" Yeah. We thought we had this guy. Do you know? Uh, so it's a sword fight. It's a love story. It's time travel. No, mm-hmm. Not time travel, but like 
uh, like time a, displaced a time displaced yeah. movie it's got uh, romance it's it's a thriller it's mm-hmm. science fiction it's, it's a fantasy a little bit of comedy it's mm-hmm. re- it's an all rounder mm-hmm. and we watched this when we were kids and we probably shouldn't have no probably not but like we watched Robocop yeah and we probably shouldn't have yeah no definitely you know, watched Airplane probably shouldn't have <laughs> you know and I think kids need to be exposed to this kind of stuff to give them those imaginations and give them oh yeah do you know I mean I'm not talking about like watch fucking Rob Zombie movies when you're six no, but, but one like, of these, like, this, 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 this is it's basically, it's a fantasy movie. Yeah. Like, it would be the same as Labyrinth, only harder. <laughs> exactly. A bit tougher, like. A bit tougher. A few but more, I mean, like, the, the, the few new, more beheadings. <clears throat> I mean, like, the way they just oppose it, like, you have the, the Scottish scenes and all, like, it's really beautiful landscape and all of this. And you go to New York, there's no, I don't think there's any shot in the movie that makes New York look attractive. Or yeah, a pleasant really place. It's all grim, dirty, steam. grimy, steam, dark, yeah. dangerous. So like that's the, the maybe it it tells of the atmosphere like back then life was beautiful and you know mm. lush and green and now the gathering happens in one of the most yeah, at time at the time dangerous and crime filled cities of of in the world mm-hmm. and you know the the darkness is coming mm-hmm. so let's talk a little bit about the quickening then before right. we before we finish up and talk about the alternative cast. Uh, the quickening is a thing that in the movie, like it's a feeling you get in your in your guts. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, there's another Martin here, by like a GPS. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the quickening is a real thing, and it's what they call when a, a fetus in the womb moves and a woman can feel it for the first time. Okay, so it's kind of so like a just, birth, like yeah. there's a life inside, another life inside me. Mm-hmm. That's a good name to name it. Yeah, I always found that out researching for this. I didn't totally, know that. I didn't know that either. So now whenever uh-huh. you and me go to have kids she's like oh I can I can feel the baby moving I that's can't wait no, that's the quickening I can't, I can't wait to run up and hold the stomach and look her in the eye and go that's the quickening it's like what <laughs> I can't wait to do that that's like that's brilliant you know I, like I'm holding off obviously because yeah. you know <clears throat> who needs who needs Need kids babies. right now but um, for those of, for those of you who are expecting, but it is a thing. It's like it's, it's a great joke. It's, it's, like, it's like Lambert is giving birth in that scene, though, as well. When 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 Sean Connery finds yeah. him first, oh. and the lightning hits him, and he's yeah. like, oh, oh. Like, I think Lambert he's a, he's a good moaner in this. He is, and he moans in French. Yeah, oh, oh. <laughs> very odd. So with the quickening, it's like a feeling that you get. I see he didn't get the quickening when he went to meet Castigear. So maybe later on, as time goes on, he feels it, but it's not as mm-hmm. uh, uh, debilitating to him. Right. Do you know, like, uh, do you remember those belts that you used to get for your abs and they go like, mm. pff, pff, and they give you, apparently, <laughs> they give vibrate you, the shit out of you. Yeah, you can order, the electric shock your muscles. <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh. Jeez, turn it off. We used to do competitions with them. Oh, yeah, turn, them, turn them up to the highest. Get real stone and see how long you could take. Like 45 seconds at 10. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fairly. Um, but you would wonder, like, when he goes to me, Castigar, why he doesn't feel that. He's all like, let's go drinking. Mm. They say, like, when you say that scene when the Kurgan comes in to kill, kill Connery, yeah. it's just a kind of a spider sense at that Connery's stage. Drinking as and, opposed he goes, to, <gasps> and he puts the glass down. And, and he looks like, up and the pigeons all yeah. burst out. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's a, that, like, it turns into that after. A certain amount of time. Spider sense. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine being Castigar as a as a an immortal? He must have had a really shit time until the eighties, man. Yeah, it d- depends on where he was, I suppose. Like all uh, if, or if, if if he got lifted up as a, I mean, like if if he was around in the slave labor times, that's like an immortal slave. That'd be How so annoying. Shit, like shite. <laughs> Do you know? Uh, I think that he came to a time when you know. 
Mm-hmm. There was less racism. It's the mid eighties, mm-hmm. and then he gets his head chopped off by a white guy. He's like, "Fuck, <laughs> raging, <laughs> raging." Um, so with with the quickening, you can feel that kind of thing. And then when you kill the the, the last immortal, you get the prize. And towards the end, mm-hmm. without wanting to spoil it, like just great animations and all this kind of stuff. When, mm-hmm. when that stuff happened, one of the best scenes for me is when McLeod just like they're having a fight and he just slices his neck and then turns around and it's like gone it goes all weird and anamorphic and yeah. the the Kurgan has like a weird smile and he's like mm-hmm. and his head peels off his neck and all the blue stuff starts shooting out and it goes into animations where McLeod is like hoisted up mm-hmm. and he's you know stretched out like a crucifix and he has all these blue cartoon monsters and demons or whatever and demons coming into and, and you're wondering like are these guys you know demons are the devils like mm-hmm. what's going on what is the history here mm-hmm. and the prize he shouts he screams and i know everything mm-hmm. so is that the prize where and he can he knows everything he knows the thoughts of all men mm-hmm. and he can feel the thoughts of all men and he goes like in the the final part like when he's it's describing the to brenda who he falls in love with he's going like I, I i can hear the thoughts of presidents diplomats and scientists I know what they're thinking and I can help them to make humanity better and you're like cool Mm -hmm. and also he gets mortality and the ability to have kids Mm -hmm. which he didn't have before and we're wondering like what's the prize is it is it the ability to procreate is it the ability to to die and and suffer and and have the suffering end Mm -hmm. or is it the ability to know everything or is it all of them them? yeah it's because it's never really it's just literally the prize it's the quest object yeah it's but the thing mm-hmm. is though we as humans have two of those things mm-hmm. apart from the we know everything mm-hmm. thing do you know what I mean yeah. so like what's it, it, it's a prize for immortal yeah that's so, the thing yeah. the, the people that don't have it and it maybe makes people watching the movie think be grateful mm-hmm. for what you have because some people don't have that some people mm-hmm. fucking get to live forever mm-hmm. and I'm like who wants to live forever <laughs> who, who wants to live forever exactly do you know Trump, maybe? Yeah. Uh, Warren Buffett. <laughs> John D. Rockefeller. He had fucking seven heart transplants. You know? Yeah, he tried. He tried. <laughs> John D. is like, put on a, the Highlander soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> we have I love inside us blood of kings. kings. He's like, yeah, Rockefeller blood. <laughs> Who wants to live forever? This is his favorite movie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so if we're to do an alternative casting, very difficult. Very, very difficult. Very difficult. Uh, I, I think for uh, the Kurgan, mm. you're, you're looking at somebody who has that m- m- maniacal nature, but also has the, the body size or the... You know the ability to to fight and be like d- mm-hmm. like dominating in it. So maybe like a Dolph Lundgren, yeah. Like the craziness from Universal Soldier could mm-hmm. could transfer into that. You could play that. It's such a classic movie, and it's, I've watched it like a hundred times. So it's burning it's my head. See, it's very see anyone's face in it. Yeah. See anyone else? But to try and give the folks at home uh, some kind of an idea of the the range or whatever that or the, the in, in, inimitability that Clancy Brown puts into that character. Mm-hmm. You know, I would pick like maybe a Dolph Lundgren, or you could go for. <sighs> If, if he was big and muscly and active like you need someone with the, the size of Dolph Lundgren and the character of Gary Oldman which yeah. I think Clancy Brown has uh, that, like that, both sides of it that 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 savage uh, maniac kind yeah, of thing. yeah 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 um, I get you. I've, I've recently watched the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 mm-hmm. and this next choice for me after watching him play 
Star Lord's father in that mm-hmm. would would convince me that he's able to do it now in his older age. He has that kind of the joviality, but also the wisdom, and he has you know the the, the acting chops to be able to pull it off. Kurt Russell could play Ramirez and do a proper Spanish accent, yeah, and have that you know ah you you blithering peacock <laughs> or whatever. Like Kurt Russell could play that father figurey kind of training mm-hmm. and, and and what I saw of him in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 like he definitely could have that kind of character and I think Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of a modern day Highlander oh really well I mean you find out that Star-Lord spoilers mm-hmm. uh, played by Chris Pratt he's like a guy who was abducted as a child yeah uh, into into a spaceship and brought off into the galaxy and he has to fight and he learns all these skills and he does all the stuff like plucked out of time taken from his land you know he's everything taken off me has nothing to lose and he's like you know a, a guy fighting around trying to like benevolent trying to save the universe and then you find out at the end of the first movie he has mad special powers and he's mm-hmm. actually like half god mm-hmm. it's the same with with uh, Connor McLeod he finds out yeah, I have fucking godly powers Thank or whatever you know? so there will be fingers crossed a Highlander reboot but there was I remember reading an article about it um, last year yeah sometime last year so the, the director of John Wick Chad Stahelski mm-hmm. is apparently uh, chalked down to do a reboot and he's talking about trying to get uh, Christopher Lambert back in to do something maybe not reprise the role of Conor McLeod some but kind have of something cameo. yeah something in, in there like he has to be involved if he's still alive Lord of Mercy mm-hmm. same with Ramirez um, some flashbacks or some shit like that mm-hmm. like they do some CGI if they can do it with uh, Jeff Bridges in Tron they can do it with yeah, Sean Connery you know? or Arnie in Terminator yeah if they can do anything to make sure Sean Connery's not on the set I'd say they'll do it like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, about these computers I have to tell you how they work it's like Sean you're 78 years of age fuck off you don't know nothing about CGI Um so to do to do a reboot, I think like and fucking what nailed those like Castigear side movie, Kurgan mm-hmm. side movie. What Ramirez in Jap in Japan? There you go. Who's gonna play it? Like a or young young Ramirez played stuff. by Eddie Redmayne plays a young as a young Ramirez. Hmm. You know Eddie Redmayne plays the bad guy in um, the first uh, Thor in the Thor movies. Ah yeah, the Danish in the Danish girl as well. Hmm. Eddie Redmayne is young okay. Ramirez totally the facial structure put a beard on him you know give him a, a Japanese wife like that whole story like, man if they can make fucking six Wolverine movies yeah surely they can get this and shit out of a Highlander film like and they're like it doesn't mean you can rewrite the lore like just keep it within the, the confines of the first like the, the the blueprint of the first movie and there's loads of stuff like before and like there's 400 years of Conor McLeod now I know there is a TV show uh, with like the following McLeod character of Duncan like. McLeod or whatever but it's all kind of in the one timeline you get a few little flashbacks and stuff but it's not a comprehensive uh, exploration of the encyclopedia of Highlanders but it does bring in other different Highlander characters and there's always like a bad guy and there's loads of ones to mm-hmm. you know solving the modern day and olden day problems and you're like well okay okay whatever mm-hmm. um, but definitely a reboot and a whole franchise of Highlander movies like I put money into a you know a cinema coffer oh yeah to go and see that shit man absolutely like they're making fucking reboots of shite <laughs> like taking just random comic books like flicking through a, a you know a long box and just no going, they're just mm, a, it's- Bunty let's do like a Bunty <laughs> film 
Do you know, like, like a holler, holler, holler. How many, how many diverse comics did we do this week? Like, <laughs> yeah. no, we're not hitting the quota. Like go, we need go, more. Go to the box in the back yeah, there. Yeah. And Black Panther three or mm. whatever. It just seems like uh, something that's as loved as Highlander. Mm. Death, like I mean, fucking license to print money, man. Big time. Do you know? Uh, so who who would you have? Uh, who like have you got anyone for the Kurgan? That, that I don't know, like as I said, I would I would have left it out towards like a Dolph Lundgren and type, like yeah. something something big and imposing. I don't know, maybe if you want to go Mash Mahar Hasha Ali, maybe. For uh you know the big the Jersey House cards? Yeah. You know the guy who plays Remy? Yeah. Yeah. So like he's Has big. That. Yeah. He's 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 dominant. Low, he's low voiced, yeah. he can be like get scary, like he was he was great in um Luke Cage. Yeah, as the as the as the first half. But who says bad guy. who says the Kurgan has to be white either? Yeah, he could be. That's what I mean, um, uh, also another one would be uh, you know the guy who plays the big guard in um, the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, where they're making him like do the do the roof. Mm-hmm. No, that's Lan- that man. is Lancy Brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be perfect. What that guy from the from the Shawshank Redemption? Um, do, yeah, or or the guy the guy from. Uh, the guy from the Green Mile what's his David Morse mm. who plays Brutal mm-hmm. if he was to do it like he has that like that huge but like you know you need somebody evil I'm sure he could be very evil yeah he's great in um, it was the remake of the Hitchcock movie with um, the guy who's in Transformers Curly hair he's gone a bit nuts now ooh uh, making videos Shia LaBeouf Shia LaBeouf yeah 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 uh, he would not avoid us <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah he, play, he plays the villain in that like and he's he's chilling like so yeah he's he's, he's in a load of, he's in a load of movies coming up as well um, mm. uh, there's some there's some like crackers that he's in that he's a fucking crazy bastard and mm. some that he's like that wholesome like Green Mile he's like a wholesome character but he's in like the Heart Locker and he's some e- like an evil colonel and you're like mm-hmm. yeah I, I could see him being maybe not in an action role but mm. The only mix is the Dolph Lundgren and Gary Oldman, the character of Gary Oldman and the body of Dolph Lundgren. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all. Like that's all that pervades my my head. And then um, in the in the prequel, say for Ramirez uh, and Eddie Redmayne, mm-hmm. uh, Heather can be it could be and like Daryl Hannah, yeah. uh, like it could be any blondie one from that time. Um, but I think she was p- chosen as like a no one so that she wouldn't take away from that. Also, like budget or maybe or whatever. Yeah. Uh, who would play Brenda Wyatt? Who would you have? I don't know because I re- I really like her as really as, do. like she plays it really well. Strong woman. I don't know like who 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 we got like the, just no nonsense. I'm still believable enough like that it'd be mm. soft. Could you um, have a, a, an Amelia Clark? Maybe you could, you could have. An I Amelia didn't really Clark. like her playing the Sarah Connor in the new Terminator. She no, wasn't I haven't, that I haven't seen it yet. Like strong or whatever. Uh, you could have um, who played Peg in uh, Married with Children. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, she does the voice of Leela, mm. Katie Sagal. Katie Sagal. Yeah, she. Yeah, she I think she would have like, and at the time she was like whopper. Yeah, she would have nailed it. Or what about if you're looking for like a strong woman? Uh, what about Robin Roy Penn, the yeah. wife from House of Cards? Like she, she was looking. I'm a thing, but she's also that she has like sexy, or she has that. There's like a vulnerability to her as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Or uh, uh, Betty Gilpin, the other one. She's in Glow right now. She's the the blondie one with the big swingers in Glow, which is the the, the female wrestling TV show on Netflix right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, she she could be really good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So who would you have for Conor McLeod? Who Conor replaced? McLeod. Like who would you have? Who who could you? Who, I don't like, know because it all the 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 the, vo- the voice and everything makes it like it's, yeah. it's 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 a unique one. It's hard, yeah. man. It's fucking tough to like replace Conor McLeod. Mm. It's very difficult. Mm. Like it could be it could be anybody really, mm. but who has that thing of you know <laughs> like you and McGregor. Oh my God! If yeah. you wanted a Scotsman he's, he's in the role, yeah. When he when he was well, like when he was younger, absolutely. And like if, already, if, if if he had his 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 Fargo chops at yeah. a younger age, yeah. He already has his Obi Wan Kenobi mm-hmm. kind of swords masters kind of way of going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Hugh McGregor is a very good call. Mm-hmm. We're putting it out to you, people. Who would we have as the alternative characters? We're looking for suggestions. Mm-hmm. Uh, why press play? Uh, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we may, we might make a Twitter poll or we we yeah, Twitter poll. Email yeah. us in, right? Oh, yeah, we have to find something to do polls or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put something on the website, and we'll we'll pick uh, the best suggestions and put them up, and we'll have the people vote for it. Mm-hmm. But if you have anyone that can replace Christopher Christy Lampert as uh, Connor McLeod, you McGregor is probably the best the best suggestion I've yeah. heard. That's good. Just for like now, I can like always pick it as yeah, a Scots, like anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if we were to give people one reason why you absolutely should watch a Highlander movie from nineteen eighty six, a white press play, we like to do one reason why. If somebody goes to you, why should I watch that? If you're trying to sell it to you know, oh man, let's watch Highlander. They're like, no, mm-hmm. it's it's all swords and all. You're like, listen, you have to watch it because it's one of the it's one of the best. Becoming a man stories set to a fucking awesome backdrop of music. Like, yeah, it's it's it because essentially that's what it is. It's it's it's, a, it's becoming a man from yeah. you know the child running out first time in battle to learning all these things. Not just what a regular guy has to go through, but an immortal. Yeah, after you lose your, you know, everything again and again and again, and just to keep going and do the best. Around, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Forever. <laughs> it's like an immortal karate kid, yeah. Yeah, yeah I do I, I, I do think the soundtrack is mm-hmm. is big time. If I was to say one reason why mm-hmm. if I was to make Claire <laughs> watch this, which she wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But if I was like it's a story of a man who consistently loses everything mm-hmm. but still prevails. Mm-hmm. And some people only get one lifetime to do that. And he had 10 lifetimes and eventually made it. There is hope. You just have to, you know, stand on the shoulders of giants or maybe not be so stubborn. Listen to advice. Mm -hmm. Do what you're told. Let her go, brother. Do you know? Could have got 80 years of training in there, like while she was waiting for her to get old. Like (laughs) there's, you know, what was he doing in the meantime? Mm -hmm. Bopping around. Did he train himself? Like, did he, you know, that, that becoming a man thing, that, that Star Wars typical uh, hero's journey mm-hmm. you know um, that Joseph Campbell joint like the writer's journey the whole uh, uh, re- realising your power actualising your power utilising your power um, being stripped of everything and yet still prevailing like absolutely mm-hmm. and the soundtrack is phenomenal. like without the soundtrack I think this movie would just be another fucking swashbuckling no one's yeah. in this film bullshit like Christopher Lambert was he in like it was like this was his second English speaking movie yeah like The this. Cell or what's it, what's it called uh, uh, oh he's in that um, Southland Tales movie oh yeah as well 
as an arms dealer he was in like a bunch of movies mm-hmm. a lot of them in, in French or whatever but like Highlander one of his early speaking parts they gave him the part because he played uh, Tarzan in a movie yeah. just before and then it was like oh he looks very physical let's hire him and then they hired him and the cunt couldn't speak English um, but but uh, like going through the Highlander movies then he was in Fortress that's the one I was thinking of the the, the the prison one where they're like you're on a van and now you're in an inescapable prison and he's like I can get out of here <laughs> With his fucking Highlander <laughs> laugh. He was also Raiden in Mortal Kombat. Yes. Um, he was in Fortress 2. He was in uh, a shit version of Beowulf. He was in uh, like bit parts then all through the 2000s. Like playing, um, you know, a little like, oh, I'm an incidental character. I'm a driver. I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm somebody's father. Like you're like, ah, all right, dude. Mm-hmm. Not really in a whole lot, you know. Um it would have been a nothing film like Clancy Brown only 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 got up when he started doing uh, and he's always a character actor he's never like mm-hmm. a leading man so it's very ha- like there's a lot of not leading men in this movie mm-hmm. uh, Sean Connery's probably the biggest star and that's probably one of the reasons why it, why it got so much press at the, at time, the time was because yeah. Sean Connery was fucking James Bond you know mm-hmm. um, but yeah definitely like this is one of our longer shows but it's it's like one of my favourite films yeah. of ever of all time yeah I definitely I, I did have no qualms about re- re-watching this like again oh, yeah, after yeah. the hundred million times oh, absolutely and it was all like blood of kings it was all like fucking <laughs> standing up on the couch like watching come on fucking you know, imagine you with a little orange sword <laughs> yeah in front of the deli they could be only one <laughs> yeah you and me trying to fucking chop the heads off each other in the garden because <laughs> there could be only one um, so that, that's it for White Press Play go watch Highlander if you've never seen it Jesus Christ what's wrong with you mm-hmm. go watch it um, don't watch the second or the third one though because you will it'll retroactively ruin it yes, for you wait for the reboot <laughs> uh, maybe watch the TV show maybe watch the TV mm-hmm. show watch a few of them um, they are very kind of Xena Warrior Princess yeah, this is the time that they were done time mm-hmm. that they were done uh, but like with anything mm-hmm. it, you know let's remake it because we you know we have the technology now <laughs> but just do a good job yeah uh, that's it for White Press Play if you want to get in contact with us info at whitepressplay.com is the email we're on Facebook and all the social medias uh, thanks very much for listening if you want to you know chat about the movie or chat about uh, any other movies or any of the other shows head into Discord our Discord server is up on the Twitter or up on the website and you'll be able to uh, chat with other fans and stuff like that and if you like the show you want to support us go and give us a, a, a like a star rating or a review on iTunes they seem to like that stuff and they put us to the top of lists and shit so mm-hmm people can find us uh, we are not the only ones who have done a Highlander episode but I think we can uh, we can show up near the top of the line if uh, if we get a few reviews and stuff like that or if you want to monetarily support us and help us keep this train rolling paying for website hosting and uh, equipment and uh, uh, other kind of uh, in incremental costs that do rack up when you're running a show like this you can go on to patreon.com slash whypressplay uh, the link is in our social media as well and donate uh, like two dollars it starts from you get loads of stuff like uh, behind the scenes footage pictures of us you know in our jocks and uh, not really and uh, <laughs> early access to different shows and this kind of stuff it's a really good way of 
funding the art that you like and there's loads of people on that now at the moment since the youtube adpocalypse so go over and have a look at that and um, you could get some secret stuff from creators that you didn't even know were on there extra shit man uh, we're also streaming on twitch and youtube and vidme from uh playstation 4 and steam when we're doing computer games with the release of the snes mini the the new genesis console and the nes mini as well there's loads of retro games to be bought and played and we're going to run through them all and have a little go. So we're doing like Streets of Rage 2. Uh, we're doing like Toki Goes Ape Spit. Some of the cool spots maybe. Uh, we did one recently on Contra, which is qu- was quite difficult t- to finish. Um, so yeah, that's it for White Press Play for this time. Subscribe on your podcast player and leave us a review on iTunes. I'd like to thank Neil for joining us. Thanks for having me on. It was uh, a, a, a wonderful was- jaunt and a skip down memory lane. Oh, that was very nice. There can <laughs> be only one. Happy Halloween, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.